Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Revealing Conversations with Petra. Thank you, everybody, for joining my show today. It's been a wonderful week. Thank God the rain is here. And for those of you snowbirds, you're probably already planning your escape route to Florida or Arizona somewhere. As for me, I am praying for snow early, usually around the Thanksgiving time. Uh, Mount Bachelor will be opening, and guess what? You'll be finding me on top of that mountain, skiing down, because that is my absolute favorite thing to do in the world. So today, I have a very special guest. Uh, Her name is uh, Sharon Bauer, and Sharon is a medium. Now, if any of you have been, as of late, on television or on YouTube and you look up Hollywood Medium, uh, you will find some really interesting interviews, and I just uh, love uh, uh, meeting up with this lady. She has uh, advised me several times on some things, and I just love uh, speaking with her. So I thought it would be very fun to interview her about her work. And a little bit about Sharon. Uh, since she was a child, she has been able to communicate with those whom have passed to the afterlife. And for those of you that know my story, Comatose, uh, and you've heard the YouTube video on my own uh, near-death experience, I definitely know that there is no death and that we don't really die. We may be leaving our bodies, but we're not really leaving the consciousness field, and we go somewhere else. And so I, I absolutely believe in that. Her first experience with death was when her father passed. She was suddenly overcome with an awareness that her father wasn't walking this earth plane anymore. Her family members didn't believe this at first, and then the phone rang, and it soon became apparent to everyone that this was indeed the case. From that point on, she started receiving messages from the others in the afterlife. They would appear before her suddenly and without warning, and whomever appeared was usually related in some way to whoever she was around. Sometimes she would be driving and suddenly would hear them speak to her, and it was related to a person at the destination she was heading. She enjoys the role she plays as intermediary between us here on this earth and those in the afterlife. She gets tremendous satisfaction from facilitating resolution and healing between the two worlds in keeping with her former life in medicine. So let me welcome onto the show Sharon Bauer. Are you on the other line? Yes, I am. Thank you, Petra. Well, hi, Sharon. How are you today? Wonderful, and it feels good to be a part of, of what all you have to offer. 
Well, thank you. So I have a, a, a of course, I'm, I'm completely excited that you're here. And so the first question I have is, what is the afterlife? And can you explain that to the listener? What What is the afterlife? Thank you. Um, the afterlife consists of um, where we live after we die. There's a thin veil that surrounds um, the afterlife. It's like a membrane. Um, it's invisible, and the membrane is an energetic uh, type veil or membrane. It is it is uh, separates us. There's a permanent separation between us and the physical us with the spiritual us. So, uh, spiritual. Uh, once we leave this world, we our, our spirit goes into the next realm. And so there's a protection, a shield there that prevents and protects us during um, the transition as well as once we have made the transition. So the veil is like, a, you're saying a membrane? Actually, it is a membrane, an energetic membrane mm -hmm. um, that um, we can penetrate. And those that are here on this earth plane have experience the penetration of, of the membrane, but it is um, a form of energetic separation. So when I was meditating all these years and we would leave our bodies, is that like going into that other sphere? Um, not exactly. Um, you can only enter the other sphere through death. Um, those that experience near-death um, uh, are those are the ones that closest get the closest to be able to experience the energy uh, of the membrane of the membrane. Sorry about that. And so you know, you guys that have had experiences are a lot closer than the rest of us in being able. I've not had a near death experience, so for me um, to be able to come that close to the membrane is pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. For me, my experience with those that have come through from the other side through the membrane, through communication with myself, um, but I've not actually had that experience. So when I had this near-death experience as a nine-year-old, I flew through this tunnel of clouds with the speed of light. First, I was on the ceiling in the hospital room, and then I suddenly, and I could see everybody in the room, my father, the surgeons, my mother, I would experience all of what they were feeling, which mm -hmm. was so interesting. Correct. Because I was flying around, and then suddenly shot out into this tunnel of clouds with the speed of light, and there was so much light, and it was so fast, and suddenly came out in this gigantic library. And it was floor after floor after floor. And then I saw the elders or the ancients standing in a, in a group of three or four men, and one of them was Jesus. And basically I was trying to make my case how to stay there forever and not have to go back. <laughs> but they were laughing at me. They're pretty humorous on the other side. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? <laughs> exactly. They're just those that are on the other side of the veil carry the same energy as we do on this side as far as personality. You came so close. Your energy 
the infinite energy that you had experienced at that time was the closest that any of us could enter that realm, go move past the veil. So you did experience the exchange of energy. You experienced the higher vibrational energy that needed to be able to experience what you've experienced at the time. No doubt you met those masters of wisdom. No doubt you met Jesus. And you were supposed to at the time. And your purpose for that experience was to bring back to the rest of us your experience and your truthfulness to what you had experienced. So you had actually gone through the experience of raising your energy's vibration to a higher level. Well, and then he kept showing up, yes. I mean, Jesus, and each time injected me with these laser beams of love over and over. And I have a theory that if people went into the afterlife too much, they would never want to come back. And they don't. I have interviewed and done many readings with uh, those that have committed suicide, and they don't want to come back. They absolutely don't want to. And I'm sure that your visit, not only with the Jesus, with his immortal uh, vibration of, of love, that, that love is just immense. We just can't experience it living in a, a finite, finite world only to be ex, uh, experienced once we reach the infinite. And you were so close there, given love and instruction as to what your future will hold for you in your path. Thank you. I, I, I'm, I'm completely astonished. So, Sharon, when you read someone and they are feeling like they are in pain over someone that crossed over, that passed over. Are you able then to create a, um, a bridge for them a little bit to know that their loved ones are still with them or looking after them? I know you did a reading for me. You know, my mother was uh, died under suspicious circumstances and my father was responsible for that, but now my father and my mother are together in the afterlife, where many of my family members would not be able to handle hearing that. Correct. They want to believe that whatever they played out on earth is what they continue to play out in the afterlife, which is really ridiculous, because they're just souls, right? That's correct. And, and uh, many people that I read for um, have been able to have the confirmation of the experience of the connection that I'm able to help them with. Those on the other side of the veil do not want to be forgotten. And many times they come through with a message of hope, messages of forgiveness, uh, messages of truthfulness. They want things corrected. They want us to know that they're still with us, that they're around us, that they come with offering love and protection, and that that connection of communication is what is so vital. You know, when we lose contact with somebody that has passed, that has died, that we miss that that communication uh, of speech and the communication communication of touch. And touch is so important, and communication is so important. When we're in our mother's womb, we listen and hear the heartbeat of the body. We feel the touch of the mother. And so when that's gone, there, there's 
like the replacement is almost irreversible. For me to be able to have them come forward and to give several things that nobody else would know, only you would know about your mother. And so for her to come through and give me the facts to bring to give to you confirmation that she's there is huge. I honor her. I honor them for bringing the truthfulness, the um, information that is needed for the confirmation that you know without a doubt that these are here listening and wanting and, and want to be not forgotten. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's incredible. So, Sharon, can you explain to the listener uh, how exactly you make contact with those in the afterlife? That's a good question, um, because basically they come to me. Um, it's kind of like once I accepted the position of being a medium, um, it's kind of like somebody on the other side put the word out, hey, Sharon's a medium, you can go to her and make contact, and that, um, that I will listen to them and I will hear. I've made a commitment that when they come through, I will let everything else go to be there for them. So they, even though at one time I didn't think I could call them through, I've had people call and ask a request that, that they needed this, and somehow I was able to, to give the energy that, uh, let's do this, let's do this. This is needed by this person. This person has a great desire to be able to have this connection with you, that this is important for them. And those on the other side really care about us. They care about um, our hurts, our pains, our desires, um, the lack of comfort that we're feeling. And so they do step forward when, when it's been brought to my attention. So I think it's not so much that I call them through, but they utilize the time that I have available or the connection with the people that are willing to call me and ask me to do this. So I believe those on the other side have set it up. That is amazing. So so when when you're contacted by someone who has crossed over, what do you actually see? Do you see them show up in the room? I'm sure the listener is very <laughs> curious. Like, how does this exactly work? So do they materialize for you? Do you feel, do you see faces? Do you see color? Do you hear voices? What, how does it work? Well, each person, or and I'm going to say person because they're, they're different, and they come through in different ways. Um, but basically, um, I get the phone call or I get somebody that says that they're in need. And then all of a sudden I feel the, the influence of somebody there, the presence of somebody. I've taken the time to work with them on the other side prior to putting myself out there how we were going to meet, how they were going to show themselves to me. So first of all, I get the feeling of the softness 
of the feminine energy if it's a woman that wants to come through. Otherwise, I feel the energy, that male energy. So that's the first thing they do is project themselves as to whether they're male or female. Once I acknowledge to the caller, okay, I have a male coming in, and, and so they, is this who you want to meet today? And they say yes. And then the next thing I do is I ask those on the other side of the veil. I start asking questions of them. It's a mental thing for me. I don't put it out verbally. But I'll ask them to let me know what their connection is. Is it a father? Is it a son? Is it a brother? Who is coming through? I need that confirmation from them in order to finish the connection. Next I ask them, what type of death did they go through? Was it did the death occur in a car accident? Was it suicide? Did did they go through a murder? What was that key of the transition that was made? Because when I feel, and I do feel at times, I've asked them not to be as strong with coming through. In other words, there've been times I felt somebody shoot me in the mouth, and I go, whoa, that's too strong, but I know that the death was a suicide, and I will give that information of the confirmation that we are connected to the correct person on the other side of the veil. So you're actually feeling this. I do. How they, how they died. Uh, yes, absolutely. And and when I first got started feeling this with those on the other side, it came through almost too strong for me. So after the interview, I had to go and rest for a while or, you know, get something to calm myself down. And so I, I requested that when they come through, not to come through quite so strongly. And then again on the other side, when I meet uh, the other side of the coin, I've met some female energies that were so soft that it was almost like a struggle to try to figure out the message. It's mm -hmm. kind of like trying clue, trying to figure out what they're telling me. And I can smell cologne when they come through. So I, you having actually a sense of, 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 of them. I mean, it's not just visual, but you're actually having a sensory experience. Not only that, but I see things like roses. Mm -hmm. I can see and feel the yellow rose um, that means something to both members of the family. Mm -hmm. So they, they do whatever they can to give me the clue that I need to bring the confirmation through. After the confirmation with the person that I'm reading to or my client, after there's the confirmation that we're connected to the right being or person or personality, then we're able to move to the next step is the message. That's incredible. That's incredible. So I was uh, studying uh, the Hollywood medium, uh, Tyler Henry, this young kid that's 19 that's you know, interviewing all these movie stars, and I immediately thought about you. I said, oh my God, that's like Sharon. Sharon is doing the same work, exactly. And so what he explains is, how does this even happen? So he has to touch something uh -huh. uh, that may have belonged to the, to the uh, departed so that he can get the energy. And now I notice that you 
uh, when you're doing an energy reading, you have people shuffle cards. Yes. But when you're doing a different reading where you're getting in touch with the departed, then you don't need the cards. I actually never need the cards. Oh. However, the cards are a tool to put the, my client at ease. Mm -hmm. So once she picks up the cards and starts shoveling them, she's giving me permission to step into this energy realm. Mm -hmm. So ethics play an extreme part of what I do. I honor those on this side and their energy and know that by them picking up the cards, they've given me permission to step through that part of, of um, trust because um, it, there is a sense of trust. Not only that, but when I'm talking to somebody on the phone, and I do a lot of readings over the phone, while we're talking, um, they're opening up their energy. It's that um, they are giving me the gift to be able to step into their energy and, and their realm. So we all have different realms of energy. None, none of us are alike. But with talking, when they finish shuffling the cards, I pick up the cards, I feel their energy in those cards. But I don't limit myself to just the physical touch because uh, over the phone, when I'm doing readings for people on the phone, it's important that I'm able to pick up that energy just not through the energy of touch. That is incredible. Thank that you. That is incredible. So do you ever get, um, I know that, that you've uh, solved some murders before where someone, uh, you know, the, the verdict was that the woman just died, but the family didn't know what really truly happened, and then they came to you, and you actually, she, she came through, the victim came through to you, and told you that she was in fact murdered. So how do you how do people handle that kind of stuff? I mean that's pretty amazing because the case had been closed already, so they couldn't really reopen. So how do you advise people on on what they need to do next? Well, that was interesting. That happened not too long ago um, when the family did come in and I was able to experience the energy of a female and that she was. It was, she was so strong, she wanted her family to know. Mm -hmm. And so um, as I began to tell the family what was going on, I had to be able to do it with a certain amount of compassion and understanding of what it felt like for myself. You know, when I felt this, this young, young girl go through this experience of what happened to her night, that night of her death, I could feel the pain that she went through, but also I could feel the pain that she didn't want her parents to feel that harshness. But I had to deliver the information with the compassion and the empathy and the love that was coming through from the daughter. The daughter certainly allowed me to experience this with total awareness of, of wanting to set the record straight for, if nobody else, her family. So did her family then feel resolution because they knew intuitively 
that she could have not just taken her life because that was what was told to them is that she committed suicide, but it wasn't a suicide. So they felt something was wrong all along, right? Absolutely. In fact, the parents, as well as the sister, knew that this was not characteristic to their daughter. They knew there had to be something more to it. This was not um, obvious, you know, and it was kind of a shame that this was tucked under the rug sort of, of sense. But when I was giving the, inform, the information, both the mother and the father said, we knew it, we knew it, we absolutely knew it. When I saw how the death was, and the circumstances around the death, it was confirmation of, of what the police had already told them, what, how they found you know, the, the demise of the girl. So the girl gave me enough information for the parents to say, yes, that's actually how she was found by the police department and would have been something I wouldn't have known. However, she was able to give information as to her last hours um, before she died. And so that information I was able to give to the mother and father, which brought them a peace in knowing that this their wonderful daughter, even though the pain that she went through, the clarity of being able to know that now she does not have the pain, there's a greater understanding as to what went on and that they're able to be able to heal themselves knowing that, that their daughter did not deliberately do something to herself to create this. So that must have just brought a tremendous amount of peace yes. to them. And how do you think that they deal with the fact that there was somebody out there that did this? And how do they reconcile that? I mean, I know for me... If anything like this happens with any one of my, anyone in my life that I love, and and I found that out, I would probably try to reopen the case or you know sure. deal with that. You bet. And that's their choice. You know, if they want to put that out there, I have to tell you the greatest comfort that comes from this type of a situation. Of course, any type of death is harsh, but to have the belief that life is eternal, that she's in a place of greater comfort and greater peace is the ultimate. So in order to be able to move past the sting of death, of any type of death, you have to go in within yourself and, and, and search out what your basic belief is. Do you believe in life eternal? You know, and with what came through, there's no doubt in their mind that their daughter is still alive, that she is moving forward in her life, that she loves her parents and still wants to be with them, and the importance of the truthfulness of what came out. That's what the greatest message was. Mom, Dad, this is what really happened. You know, I love you, I miss you, I'm sorry, but still know that I'm still here. That's so beautiful. You know, I remember when, my, when I found my mother dead in the kitchen, the biggest thing for me was wanting to know if she had had any pain. Correct. 
That was the number one issue that I was concerned with. Was she in pain when she died? Was it was was it horrific? What was it like to die? Okay. That occupied me more than anything as a young teenager. I was only 16 years old when this happened. So can you speak uh, on that? Uh, like, I don't even understand why I was so obsessed with it, you know? Yeah. Because I should have been more obsessed with the idea of where is she and how is she on the other side? But I just was so afraid that she would be in pain. So, yeah. You know, I'm glad you asked that because I'm going to come back and use you as your experience. When you left your body, did you feel any pain at the time? And I want you to stop and think because I bet you didn't. No. When you went through the tunnel and all of that, you didn't feel that, did you? No, I was in bliss, actually. I was completely blissed out. Yeah, and that's what I love with those that experience the near-death experience is that they can truthfully witness and bear witness that life is eternal, that they didn't feel pain at the time of death. I think that the uh, the fear of is how you will experience your um, your time prior to your death, not actually the death experience in itself. Mm-hmm. And there's no guarantee as to whether or not we're going to be feeling pain, how long will our pain be, you know, what will it be like. But again, I'm going to say that those that truly believe their faith that, that um, they're going to be able to endure up until that time, and the um, the immediate sea of death is immediate comfort and release. And I mean, in my near death, I'm, I'm floating on the ceiling, feeling blissed out, feeling so much love, wondering why everybody's crying and so depressed. And I was calling for my father, "Papi, papi, I'm okay. I'm up here. I'm up here. I'm okay." I'm okay, I'm not in pain. <laughs> when he, his, his tears were you know, falling on my face as I was lying there, and I was on the ceiling wondering what was going on, and that taught me that truly there is no death, that That's our true. energy body leaves and we, we move forward and then we go through that tunnel and, and we're in the afterlife. That's that, true. Was, that was a great experience. Yeah. So, Sharon, you, you've done this work for... How many years now? Um, well, I'm putting myself out there has been about 20 years, but I've been doing oh. it for longer than that, you know. And so the other thing that, if I may just take one more comment when you're talking about um, being there at, at somebody's side during the, the time of test, you're never alone. Those that are uh, that have died, they are visited by angels, by masters, by family members, and and they're still there. Their presence is still there even at the time of the passing. So that's why those that are in the medical field, when somebody has just passed, they try to tell the family members, you know, they're still here. They still hear you. Even those that are in a coma still hear and can feel your presence, that energy of presence. So I'm glad you brought that up because they, even though they've been put in the ground, they want you to know they're still around. And uh, it's not them that's being, um, there's no closure, mm-hmm. even though there's closure to the physical body. 
So they're still always with us. They're always there. And and now they may not be there 24-7 and no, they don't see you in the shower and no, they're not a big part of your personal life. But they don't want to be forgotten and they can do things for us. Now, I've... I've witnessed and, and talked to people that were in car accidents and that the accident was so v- severe that they shouldn't have they shouldn't have survived and yet there was a family person that at the the time of the accident somebody protected them. There was a protection from those on the other side of the veil. And I love that. And that's still part of our belief systems. They want to be here to help us on our path. So can you speak a little bit more on the subject of angels and masters? And and I know that I've seen angels before and, and, and studied with a master in India for many, many years. So can you speak on that subject a little bit? I absolutely love angels. You know, this is a part of maybe my own personal belief, but I know that when we come into this world, we're brought in by a birth angel. I believe that when we leave this this earth, that we leave with a death angel. All these angels have purposes, and that they continue to be around us and help us and support us. So, And I also believe that in the hereafter, we can, we're entertained by angels and are met by them, and we're entertained with angels here on this earth plane. So we're just surrounded by all of those, those that have walked this path, those masters, teachers, have been here and have walked this path prior to us. And so they're a part of our guides, you know, they're here to help us to be able to grow and to bring love and understanding to this the energy that we have to contend with while we're here in this earth plane. So I believe there are a bunch of angels here right now with us. Probably. Oh my gosh, they are. <laughs> they must be celebrating when we talk about this subject. So I would imagine that we are uh, visited regularly by angels of this sort. So um, it's, it's such a fun subject and I have... Um, a whole bunch of questions for you of how you started to come out into the public. So Sharon, what actually prompted you uh, to come out into more of a public field? That's, you know, it was scary to come out because I've been in medicine most of my life and so those people that I worked with and associated with did not believe this. However, I associated with a lot of nurses and hospice people that had this belief. And so once I I had people ask me more and more to visit with them and, and referred me to another person and another person, I you know, pretty soon I realized that this was a real calling and it was something I needed to commit to either do it or don't do it and so uh, and there's a certain amount of fear of coming out and putting yourself out there because not only am I putting myself out there with the people that do already believe or those that want to believe but I'm putting myself out there with those that want to tear down negate bring doubt um, to 
who I am and and what I want to bring forth. So the fear is there. Once I just trusted that uh, that this was an acknowledge that this is something that I needed to do, wanted to do, um, and that I was going to dedicate myself do, to do, then my guides, angels, people, individuals on the other side of the veil stepped up opened their arms to me and said, okay, we're here, trust us, we won't lead you astray. That's incredible. So what exactly did you do uh, in medicine, in in the hospital? What was your position? Well, years ago as a young girl, I was a lab and um, lab technician. And so science, numbers, all of that was an uh, important part of my um, growing up. I wanted to be in medicine. Um, not having the finances to go to college to become uh, what I wanted to be, which would be an RN, then um, my life took me to experiencing what it's like to be a medical assistant. So uh, that's what I've done. I've just medically accepted that responsibility with different doctors. And so I've always worked at first in hospitals, And then I went to working with individual doctors in their private practices. So it's something that you kind of want to keep quiet in order to keep your job. Ah, so when you were working in the medical field, it's not necessarily that people knew what you were doing. I could not do that for fear. And this fear had a great hold on me until I got to the point where um, I thought, You know, spirit is saying, Sharon, Sharon. You know, this is this is your purpose. This is what will bring you joy, and it truly has. And so, did you then become active when you quit your job, or were you still in your work? I was when... still in my work. Oh my yeah. goodness! So that was. In fact, I even had a supervisor come in and say, "You can't do this and continue to work here." And I just smiled and said, okay, thank you, but I wasn't going to stop. I just couldn't stop what I was doing. I, by then I had made the commitment, and I honor that commitment. Um, it was a big wrestle before whether or not I was going to take the commitment because you know as well as I do, once we commit to go on our spiritual path, our life changes. And there's no way turning back. There's no. no turning back again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You've got to face that commitment and the changes. Mm -hmm. It's gonna, It affects you. It affects your spouse. It affects your family. You know, it affects your reputation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember coming back to Germany once and uh, seeing an old friend of mine. Incidentally, her name is also Petra, and we were in um, middle school and in high school together, and I remember speaking with her, you know, when I was well into my 20s, and she said, oh, my God, you haven't changed a bit. You're still the same yeah. spiritual cook. <laughs> so thank you. I take that as a compliment. It's like it's been there all along. Yeah. Um, so there is, for me, um, with my near-death experience and my mother, when I finally shared with her what I saw, She put her finger, her, her index finger on my mouth and said, we're never going to speak about this and little girls don't see Jesus and if you tell anyone, they're going to put you away in an insane asylum. And that's in my book and I wrote about that, how that actually stopped me from 
realizing that I had this experience. So I had to really suppress this experience for so many years and I couldn't even really talk about it until just really very a few years ago. Correct. So it's been many, many years, over over 40 years or more, to even have given myself the permission to not only write about it, but to tell my friends and family. And I know people in my family are now reading my book, Petra's Ashes, and you know I saw on uh, Create Space that there were people in Italy and people in Germany ordered the book because it shows up in the currency and cool. it shows which country ordered it and somebody in England, who I, I know who that is. It was a very close friend of mine. And I thought, oh my God, what's coming next? Now my <laughs> relatives are reading it. And I mostly wanted to reach the younger generation in my family for, for the people, my cousins that are still in their early 20s or in their teens that have this strange aunt or, or cousin that lives somewhere in the world and they don't really know my story because nobody ever talked about it. So for you, now you have a book. I, you, and, and can you tell us the title of that? I've just started. I've just written the book. It's to an editor right now. The title is Life is Eternal, Love Immortal. I love that title. That is beautiful. So we can look forward. So this is your life journey about what you do as a medium. Is that what the book is about? Yes. In fact, it's not so much my personal story as it is the stories of those that have come through. And um, what's so important about this book is I get to reveal to those out there the different types of uh, paths that are taken um, on transitions of death. So the book is addressing not only the experience of those that have committed suicide, those of murder, those that have been in car accidents, those that there's so many different ways of the of going through this transition that they have come through to give me the information to share with those the um, the, the their passing their way of passing um, and and it is a fear it is a fear uh, death is fearful uh, just as fearful as it was for me to come out and even to bring the book because it affects it's not only going to affect my life but their life and your life so um, once we face that fear and we face the fear through our knowing and our belief even though Petra, it took you a while to come out. You never lost the experience that you garnered at the time of the NDE. And just like me, I've never lost the experience of being able to communicate with those on the other side. Once I made the commitment to, to do the work that I was called to do, I have now a sense of greater comfort from those on the other side and the angels and, and my guides that help me. Just as you know that once you've come out with your book, you have a greater sense of peace, of understanding, and you've got the support. That support is what keeps me and, and led me finally to be able to write the book and feel comfortable and supported from them. 
Well, that is so beautiful. And again, the title of the book is Life is Eternal, Love Immortal. What an extraordinary uh, title. And I look forward to your editor finishing it so we can all read it. So this will be a, a fun book to, to experience. Um, now, when you do readings, like how many readings can you actually do in one day? And so, so how much of, of that is... Is it is it exhausting? How do you feel? Do you have it? You know, can you do lots of them, or, or how does that work? Well, um, basically, when it's tough to do more than four readings a day, mm-hmm. and uh, when I go out to do readings out in public, I can do quite a few. I've done up to fourteen readings a day. They're short. And um, it, I feel pressured in to get all the information through that needs to come through. However, I really believe at that time I'm being gifted with the energy to be able to go through. Meditation is the key for me. Prayer and meditation is extremely important because I have to put myself, take myself out of my human energy and put myself in a space where I'm totally open to what comes through. And what comes through, the different energies that come through, is very exhausting. I usually tell and tease people at the end of my day, don't get between me and my food because I have to be filled up on food because I'm physically, emotionally, and mentally drained. Mm -hmm. So I know uh, that uh, on the subject of reincarnation, you know, I mean, it's 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 a it's it's something I write about also in my book. But what is what is your viewpoint on that? I know you and I have had some discussions about that before, um, of how I was surprised that my mom, for example, hasn't reincarnated yet. And then you told me you said, well, she decided to stay over on the other side, and so did your father. You know, it's like they're not about to come back probably until <laughs> I make it over there, so, which will be in the next, you know. Few decades, I'll be there. Yeah. So, can can you speak on that subject a bit? Well, I definitely believe in reincarnation, and uh, mm-hmm. for those that are out there that are strong Christians, you know, Jesus Christ Himself came back. He reincarnated. He did reincarnate as Himself. So, I definitely believe in reincarnations. Um, I I believe that free agency is extremely important. I believe we've got choices here to make for ourselves. Nobody truly makes them for us. So when we pass on the other side of the veil, we still go with that free agency, that freedom of choice as to whether or not we want to come back or not come back. And how soon do we want to come back? And uh, if, we've, if we want to progress in a different direction or we need to feel back, that, that we need to come back for do-overs, you know, that we have the ability to do that. But I strongly believe that that's our our choice as to when we come back, how we want to come back, with the time frame, the um, what generation they want to come back in, you know, the experiences uh, that we want to experience. So I definitely agree that it, you know, and those on the other side probably want to stay there and and meet us at the time that of our death, that they want to be the ones to greet us and to. Um, take us around and show us the different things, and but more importantly, they greet us with the love and the comfort 
that once we've taken that step on the other side, that we're truly loved and, and we're not stepping it all alone. We're never alone. Never, never alone. So mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that when I reach the other side, I want to be there for my family. Likewise. I, I mean, I, I have this, uh, this joke with my friends. and say, like, my next life is I have to come back. <laughs> if I decide to come back, do you know what, who I want to be? Who? I want to be at least six foot five. <laughs> I want to be a musician. Cool. And I want to be a big, beautiful black man. Wow. And I want to play at least six instruments and have a voice of an angel oh and grow God. up in a really cool family. And I'd like to play music my whole life. Cool. That's who I want to be. Is yeah. that funny? No. no, no. I love that. And I love the idea that you've taken the time to put out there where what you want to do when you come back, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, again, um, I'm hoping that I make it a little better choice than I did this time <laughs> when I come back next time because it, this has been a rough road. This has been a it? rough path. Yeah. But I'm grateful for the experiences. I'm grateful for those that have supported me on the path on both sides of the veil. That support is so strong and so clear that I'm just thankful. So what made it hard? Like what part? I mean, obviously now your life is not so hard. So you, you've got it pretty much organized in the way that you do your work. But earlier on, you're speaking of earlier on in yeah, your life. It was, yeah. must, must have been very difficult to have this gift and, and to know how to really show up in the world with that gift. It must have been very difficult. You know, that truly is because you get different people's viewpoints and of course you wanna you wanna please everybody. You wanna be whatever you can to everybody. You want your your parents to love you and and I've come from just as much of a dysfunctional family as anybody else has. So to be able to grow and, and to move past those um uh permanent ideas or and or blood, uh, beliefs that have been put on me in growing up and to um, to be able to be open-minded to all the different teachings that are here on this plane, to be able to experience them and try to be understanding of, of which path I want to go on and, and I, I had to find my own way and my own beliefs and what suits me, but more importantly, what rings true to my heart. Trust your heart. So what, did you grow up in a particular religion, Sharon? Um, not really. No matter where we lived, my mother always sent us girls to the church that was the closest church, you know. And I, my understanding of religion is it's kind of like there's an umbrella. So many religions fit underneath this umbrella. And even with those religions of other countries, you know, there's still that belief of divine source. Mm-hmm. You know, the divinity of of, of who we are. Mm-hmm. I love the saying, the light in me sees the light in you. And it's an eternal light. It's a real reflection of each other. Correct. That is so beautiful. I'm so excited to be able to do this with Petra because those that are on the other side truly have a message that they continue to be with us, they watch over us, they're loving, they assist us where they can, and um, they just, their message is a continuance. They testify over and over again that life is eternal. Um, and also that what we do here carries over to there. Um, 
and that the more that we recognize the truthfulness of our experiences, it's important that we, on this side, experience forgiveness, that our awareness of, of the life that we live over here affects us, that we are protected, always protected. Um, you know, it's, it's so important that we understand that their love and this message really does take the fear out of death and dying and of the separation. We never, ever not lose the pain of the separation, but to have the knowledge and the love and the wisdom that they're truly there for us and being a part of life is so important. I can't express enough to you the um, key to being a medium is um, meditation and prayer. Also, I believe everybody that has on, been on this earth plane or will be on this earth plane at one time in their life have experienced um, some, an experience of someone on the other side reaching out to them, whether it's uh, the, somebody pulling on the hair, somebody uh, shutting the door, fouling up the TV, or just the feeling of the presence of somebody being there. Everybody has at one time or another experienced the closeness of a loved one that has been on the other side of the veil trying to come through. Um, when they do come through, shout out to them. I love you. I feel you. I want further connection with you. Um, and that um, uh, the importance of believing and belief, changing your beliefs, being open to different beliefs, being receptive to their presence, to the presence of angels, and also the truthfulness of those that experience the near-death experience. You know, they are truly the ones that can testify that they've personally come so close to that veil, so close that they've witnessed those that are on the other side. Where I can only take the bits of information, the puzzle that comes to me, the witness that comes to me through my own life experiences, they truly can testify. Those that experience near death, they can truly testify true um, life is eternal. And they have a testimony of the love of those that are on the other side for us as well as the others that are cheering us on. That the mountains of strife that we feel on this side are eased by this knowing, this witness. So I'm open uh, to talking to those um, and their, their also shared experiences. That's just so perfect. What, a, what an incredible closing. Now Sharon, you have a, a gift to give to the listeners and a website. So do you want to tell the listener what your website is, please? It is uh, www.SharonBauerMedium.com. And the last name is spelled B-A-U-E-R. And can you also give your email address? It's the same. It's the same. At, well, no, not really. It's um, S.B-A-U.E-R-R -R at Hotmail.com. Okay. 
So for any of the listeners uh, who are interested, Sharon is giving away one reading. So it's first come, first serve. So if you would like to uh, receive a reading with Sharon, complimentary reading, please make sure you email her. I'm going to post um, her email address on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash transformational story coach. You can listen to the reading again and find her information uh, there. Also, if you are interested in joining Sharon and I at some of the book readings and events that are going on in Portland or Roseburg or anywhere we might be showing up, please also visit the website petranicole.com. That's N-I-C-O-L-L.com. Uh, we would love, of course, to have conversations with you. Uh, this has shed so much light for me on on this um, my personal experience with life after death and my uh, feeling of uh, always waking up every single morning and thinking about death and how I've been between the two worlds all my life and feeling that there is no death and that in fact the love that is on the other side and the the euphoria and ecstasy that you feel when you're on the other side is, is tremendous. In fact, uh, for those of you that have read my book, I talk about meditating so many hours a day that I felt I didn't really even want to be here anymore, which is not so good either, because we're obviously supposed to be here and we're supposed to have this lesson of walking on this earth and our walk on this earth is important also not just for ourselves and for the people that are in life right now, but for people that have already crossed over because everybody's cheering us on. And whatever we're doing here is of utmost importance. You are important. You are an integral part of the universe. Everybody has a journey and a lesson to walk in lesson. And if we can serve each other and love each other, that would be a purpose fulfilled. So again, thank you for joining Revealing Conversations with Petra, and I just want to say thank you to Sharon Bauer for being with us here today. You are amazing, and I feel very, very blessed that I had a chance to meet you. Thank you. And thank you, Petra. This is really a special uh, time to be able to share, to step out, take another step out, and share with all of those out there your uh, audience, those that are going to be reading your wonderful book. I just finished your book. What an exciting book. And um, this is truly a joy to be able to walk this path with you. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. See you next Tuesday. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.